Hi, this is Bianca. And this is Anna. Your hosts of Girl Talk Monday's podcast, where we discuss the world of fashion, self-confidence, and everything in between. In this new series, we interview inspiring women making a mark in their fields. Whether that be business leaders, CEOs, marketeers, or entrepreneurs, we want to share their success stories with you. So welcome to Girl Talk Mondays. Mondays. This week's episode, we are joined by guest Susie Willis, the founder and CEO of Rumley Wild, a natural and high-performance skincare brand that focuses on the notion of clean beauty. From organic food to health and well-being, Susie has launched two successful businesses and has a wealth of experience in product development, communication, and leadership. As a champion of brand transparency, we discuss her career move into skincare, what it means to be an effective leader, balancing work with motherhood, and the life lessons she learned along the way. Thank you so much, Susie, for joining us. We're so pleased to have you and to talk about your career background and the brand that you've built. Hi, ladies. Hi, how are you? Talk us through your daily routine and what does this look like now that we're in lockdown? Interesting question. Uh, and I'm asked that a lot. And of course, our daily routines have changed dramatically um, since lockdown. So I guess mine is a lot slower. Uh, normally, I, I like to be the first in the office um, and I kind of zoom around. Um, I start off pretty much the same though, but just not so much at high speed. So um, my day always starts with letting the dogs out. I, they all are sleeping with me at the minute, which is I would never normally do. <laughs> I get the dogs their breakfast. I let the chickens out. I feed the pig. By the way, I've put the kettle on at this point, so by the time I've done that, the kettle's boiled. I make myself a cup of tea, get back into bed, have my tea, speak to my husband who lives in Hong Kong. Oh, and wow. So it's all about between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. Oh, my um, gosh. Catch up with him in Hong Kong, I body brush, and then do my Wim Hof ice cold shower. Can you talk us through the benefits of doing the Wim Hof shower and um, dry brushing as well? Sure, sure. So dry brushing is, I've always done that. Um, the Wim Hof thing is relatively new, but the, the, the dry brushing I have done since time began. I just, and I left my favorite brushes in London actually, which is annoying because those have got um, copper bristles in them as well mm. as just horsehair bristles. But I use a, I've got a really good long handled one in here, at home here. So you can really get to do your back and everything. But it's really for getting rid of dead skin and for circulatory things. So I think it's all about you, you brush up to the heart. And so it's really good for detoxifying the skin. And then I would say that I, I do do that every day. And then you feel that, you know, that because I don't know, I just really want to feel like I have, that's part of my cleansing routine, I guess, from a body perspective, that if you've you know, and I do have quite dry skin, so I think that's the best way. And then when I have my ice cold shower, which I have to dance in, by the way, because there's no way you can have an ice cold no. shower and not make some strange primal noises and, and move like a nutter. But the only way to, to survive the ice cold shower is to prepare with breathing techniques. And then you introduce that very gradually. So you start with warm and then you start to go to the cold. And my settings in cold water here in the countryside are ice cold. They are like 
ice cold, whereas in London it never gets really that cold, that it hurts. Mm. So here, really, you are plunged and it feels like you've just been hit by a bus, but it is the best thing and the only way it works if you do it gradually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so invigorating, I cannot tell you. And I've been doing a lot of research about um, the, the sense of recovery of the fight or flight system in our systems. And in fact, that's a, there's a lot of scientific benefits that people in Sweden and certainly in Nordic countries, they have been doing this for generations where they will you know, plunge into ice cold water or they'll certainly have that extreme of sauna and then ice cold. And I'm just fascinated and I've just recently started reading a book called Lifespan and it's all about the longevity and the robustness, robustness of our system. And we're so used to things being a moderate temperature Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, we even in the summer when we go to Saint-Tropez, I've eaten ever, we want a heated swimming pool, right? But what about running into an ice cold ocean? Mm-hmm. That is so much better for your system and then your immunity is stronger. So the whole Wim Hof method is all about creating a, a really robust, strong body. So your immunity is, is heightened. Mm-hmm. And it's that fight or flight thing, which we have come very detached from in our kind of centrally heated you know, moderate lifestyle. So anyway, mm-hmm. I've probably gone way overboard on that. But no, that's so interesting because I've heard a lot of good things about doing that as well and good for the skin, yeah. good for the immune system, the body. So I think that's a really good habit to be in, actually. I, I should start totally. doing that. Totally. And I think that it's um, it's about taking us out of your comfort zone because, of course, mm-hmm. nobody really would choose to do it. We'd all rather stay nice and cozy and warm and keep everything at a level. Right. But it's like all these things you know that sometimes you don't get the the benefit unless you kind of push yourself. And and it kind of makes sense on a, if you really think if you don't think too long and hard about it. If something feels good and st- it's stimulating your circulation and gets your that shock is actually quite good. It's good for our system. It's good for our heart. It's good for our neurosystem. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I'm a huge believer in all of that. And so that is great fun. And of course, my I, I'm consistent obviously because you know I've got a skincare brand I'm obsessed with my skincare so um at this point and I forgot to mention that as soon as I have got out of bed I will put my cleanser on because then it's like a a mask Mm -hmm. so when I've put the kettle on let the dogs up feeding the chickens feeding the pig I've got Mm -hmm. my orange mask (laughs) my (laughs) of my um my cleanser on because that's the joy of it because you know that whilst you're you know, obviously you hoik your hair up, but that is, I know that that is that's doing something to my skin the second I wake up. So I know that that sure. is doing it glory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do the same with the cleanser that's in the morning. Definitely. Routine. And then so from waist up, look smart. And then from waist down. Good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. how we do it. <laughs> And so pretty, pretty unattractive in the waist down. It's just a pair of a bit of baggy old like, jeans and you know a pair of clogs or whatever comfortable. And you know what? Another thing is that you know, I love having bare feet. And while we're in this beautiful weather, just to kind of plant your feet and, and just run around the lawn and you know do all those things without having to have socks and shoes and whatever on. It's gorgeous, gorgeous, sure. gorgeous. So yeah, you have a background right in the organic food industry for many years first. Um, and then you broke into skincare after you had a business called Plum Organic Baby Food, which you then sold. So what That's made you decide right. to make the move into clean beauty? Indeed, I did. And I um, I grew, a, I understood a lot more about business and brands from the mm-hmm. um, from the, being in the food industry and the standards, the compliance, the regulations, all of those things. 
and I enjoyed the amount of, of discipline around that whilst you're growing a, a beautiful brand. Mm -hmm. And the same applied for, for me wanting to do something very disciplined around skincare. It's the beauty industry is a very uh, a complicated one to be in because it's quite a dirty affair, as in the skincare mm -hmm. industry counts for a hell of a lot of uh, pollution, and, I, and as does the fashion industry. And I wanted to uh, do something that had the utmost integrity around it and its ability to create something of beauty from an integral source, i.e. everything comes from nature, mm -hmm. and have something that was super efficacious, something that really changed people's skins because I'm one of these people who has been buying into skincare for, for many years and I've never ever had that impact where I just thought this is actually doing something. Mm. It's just another version of another version of another version of the yeah. same thing. Mm -hmm. But to have the to have the origins of everything that goes in the conscious formulations coming from nature mm. is to me the, the, that to me is what clean beauty is. Mm -hmm. um, and everything that comes that is in the ingredient list um, is there to perform. Mm -hmm. So everything when you drill down into the inky list, into the ingredient list, um, needs to come from uh, a natural source, as I mentioned, but also needs to be you know, a high performer mm -hmm. um, and not just there to bulk or fill. And it's as soon as you start to embark on a journey of something of this scale, because I never wanted it to be just like in the local village shop or anything. I knew that this was, I don't do anything by half measure. If I was going to embark on proposing a, a business strategy and a brand, then a bit like Plum, it was never just going to be sold in, you know, your local farm shop. So, so I knew that the audit had to be done, the research had to be done. The, my philosophies all, always come from really getting the, the best um, formulation. So how ingredients come together and support one another and enhance one another. Mm -hmm. So it's that conscious formulation thing that really matters. The authentic sourcing of everything mm -hmm. and the performance of everything. And I think what I was witnessing in the natural field was that it became a, it became a very ambiguous arena. You know, people were really questioning, well, what does natural mean anymore? What does organic mm. mean anymore? It's kind of these blurred lines, this gray area of, mm. of what natural is. And, and for me, and this is something that I'm really kind of owning, is that clean beauty is next level natural. Mm -hmm. So for those okay. people who are really, yeah, for those people who are really kind of, you know, questioning and for good reason, what does natural mean anymore? What is clean beauty? I can, with a huge amount of confidence, say it is next level natural. It's new generation organic. It is the highest level of, 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 of plant potency, really. And, and you're not diluting the product with a host of synthetic ingredients. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I am really you know, proud of is, is where we are positioned now in, in sort of the, the, the luxury clean space is that I can hold my head up high and go, I know the reasons for our price point because I know what goes in there. And I'm not just trying to make these massive margins by thinking I can save a bit of money here by putting something that it'll just bulk out. A bit mm -hmm. of, you know, a bit right. of fake, no one will know. Right. And um, it's about full, full integrity and not being cleanish. Mm, completely. Yeah. Or, or my favourite phrase, 50 shades of clean. That's <laughs> clean a good one. <laughs> You know, from beginning to end, your whole ingredient list should be from a natural plant source and not mm -hmm. from, get this, polymers, cross-polymers, acrylicides, 
um, vinyls. I mean, it's it's kind of quite scary when you drill down into a clean-ish brand, what they will bulk in there, which mm-hmm. just doesn't need to be in there, really. It's just, it's just, it just cheapens it from, from both a philosoph- from a philosophy values perspective, but also from a performance perspective. And I don't want to sell, this is not about, you know, margins. This is about creating something of true value. Mm-hmm. So your idea for Romilly Wild came from the fact that you saw a gap in the market for this kind of product that focuses on not only natural, but then clean beauty and high performance product. Totally, exactly that. It was, everything had to come from a plant source. That is what clean beauty should stand for. Had to be high performance. And I'm not talking waiting 28 days to see the difference. I'm talking about pretty much within the first couple of days because of that the metamorphosis in your skin, that metabolism that you mm-hmm. come from, that pure plant energy is is evident. Mm-hmm. Um, plus also it needed to be sensorial. It needed to be a, a really, you need to be able to see and smell and, and, mm-hmm. and witness what what a plant source, what pure energy in skincare should look like. So it's mm-hmm. not white. It's it has a, a it has a it has a, a, a color to it, a beautiful color in our because we use a certain level of, of ingredients that seem to have that rich antioxidant quality to them. Our products like my cleanser, for example, the Light and Energy Serum Cleanser is this sort of bright orange colour. Um, yet it's like an oil gel balm. And our creams are very kind of apricot peachy colours. And that's because we don't strip anything from source. You know, if that's mm-hmm. the colour that nature gave it, why would you oh, put it through so a That's the natural colour then. Because that's the integrity of nature. That's yeah. the natural colour. Oh, so me, if you're getting a skincare product that's white or transparent, I'm thinking, where's the nutrition in that? Mm-hmm. You're right. You're and right about that. And, and by hook or by crook, it's been, it's been meddled with. It's had some kind of process that's taken it down and stripped it of its integrity. So can we actually back up a little bit? Because I'm really curious about your career journey from the beginning. So before getting into organic food and skincare, like actually what made you decide to go into that industry in the first place? And what did you do before deciding to become an entrepreneur and a business owner? It's interesting because I was asked a very similar question the other day, but put very differently. I like how you've positioned this. I had no confidence or faith in myself doing anything when I was growing up. So... Um, I just sort of slumped from one job to another um, and it, it was only really until I had children I sort of found myself, I found my identity, I, I kind of really thought there's more to me than meets the eye. But having children woke me up and I think in that maternal quality that I guess that pursuing a, a better way of life, you know, pursuing better products for my children. Mm-hmm. Ha- having that curiosity that I didn't have when I was a teenager or a child even. I never had that inquiring mind, which was, I wonder what's in that. And I guess from having children, I started to wonder what's in that and how do they make that? And and then this kind of was the big reveal gradually of my hunger for science, my mm-hmm. hunger for understanding, researching how things are made, how they're done, so processing things, um, understanding, you know, going back to studying Mm -hmm. and really understanding if one were to present this as a brand, you know, what what are the, how would you do this? And I think that is is where the the, the instinct comes in. Mm -hmm. But you have to do the practical amount of research and everything, 
cannot just pluck an idea out of the blue mm. you have to research it and and that was the bit that I never had the appetite for when I was growing up was that really wanting to unravel an opportunity and really understand it mm -hmm. from a what if I did it this way perspective because I never wanted to be you know I guess I had the confidence to to to, to come out of my shell but also I never wanted to be laughed at I never wanted anyone to sort of you know um, condescend my curiosity by saying well that will never come to anything mm -hmm. what a complete waste of time because right. my whole kind of adolescence was you know pretty much I felt that whatever I did was going to come to nothing I just was just bumbling along so so actually to sort of really find that curiosity that just as I said just came from from starting to inquire myself mm -hmm. that you just start to understand you just think I wonder whether or not you know why why don't I do this you know mm -hmm. sort of waiting for somebody else to do it yeah. and that bit I cannot explain that bit that is that that turns the dial between being mildly interested to okay I'm going to do it, my own version of that Completely. you know that is something I, I couldn't put into words that's more of a uh, I'm going to get weird on you now it's more <laughs> of a, a a sense of being given opportunity but I do believe that there's a kind of like a, a journey that one is on and if you choose to jump on mm -hmm. it's like you know I've been given a ticket here do I want to get on that train and go on that journey and, and I think it just was that hunger that desire to think you know do you know what it's just why not and, and then you know but when you've done your homework and you've done your research and you really feel confident about what you're pursuing and you can visualize it then you just literally build up and you build up and then you're on the journey and then it's too late because <laughs> like it's a great journey it's fascinating and I've, as you said I've done it twice now and mm -hmm. um, but they both have the same level of energy of, of, of impetus I think that's such an interesting background actually and I totally agree with you because people are not not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur and now you've done it you've become that and you didn't have the initial curiosity and then it completely just sparked your interest and you've also put in a lot of time and effort into that because yeah you have to believe in your product otherwise who else is going to you can't just launch something because you want to be your own boss have your own brand it has to have a reason behind it so but what's interesting that you said is that um, that I didn't set out to be to become an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It's just like I was on this personal journey because I was hungry for answers and I wanted something mm -hmm. better for myself. But it just was, and then it just built up and built up. Whereas yeah. I think there are a lot of people now who, you know, you ask them what they want to do if you go and see your kids. And I do a lot of talks at schools and mentor and that kind of stuff. And you ask a 16-year-old now, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they say, I want to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You know, 20 years ago, I wouldn't have known what it meant. That's so I think true. there's a lot more people are setting up businesses now, which is amazing. A lot of young kids mm -hmm. have really got this vision to, and look how many um, you know, brands have sprung out of, really, of, of that vision and that energy. Those are those two things, sure. vision and energy. And, and yeah, thank heavens that there is that, you know, the opportunity now to support young mm -hmm. people to, to follow their own dreams. It's, it's amazing. I think it's a millennial mindset as well, whereas maybe things were like in my parents' generation, it was very, very different. My grandparents, like even more, 
you know, different to like want to start your own thing. And now millennials are all about, yeah, I want to have my own business, like be my own boss, have my freedom. So I think it has become yeah. easier over time. Doesn't mean that launching a business is a good idea all the time. I think you really need to know what you're doing. You yeah. could waste your time and yeah. your resources, but at the same time, if you don't try and fail, you'll never grow and succeed. Uh, absolutely. What's been the, you know, the biggest kind of pain point in your career so far? And what have you learned from it? Pain point? No, I know it. I, I know exactly. Um, it was with, uh, I'm, I'm not having it now with, with Romilly Wild because it's a very beautiful flow. I mean, of course, trust me, this is not easy. I'm in the beauty, I'm in the beauty industry, right? <laughs> One of the biggest industries out there. It's incredibly competitive, mm -hmm. but it feels very. I feel very secure in my positioning. So it's kind of been less bumpy. But I would say that with with Plum Baby, with the organic baby food, was the fact that I worked with my husband, and um, and I mean this with love and light because we do really well now. But you know, <laughs> he kind of muscled in a little bit, mm -hmm. and that was my business and my baby mm -hmm. and my marriage. So I know absolutely when we when that business was thriving and we were trying to raise money that it got very difficult for us as, as, a, as a married couple mm -hmm. and and I remember categorically and, and he will remember categorically we were away for a weekend in Cornwall with the kids and we were trying to raise like a hell of a lot of money and they basically said you know we'll give you this money Susie but you need for your husband to not be part of the business anymore for us to give you that money. So it's conditional that my husband left the business. Gosh. That was that It's was difficult to pain. combine the that two. Was pain. That was pain mm -hmm. because that was, you know, my business, which we had sacrificed so much for, mm -hmm. or my marriage. You know, it's it wasn't easy. And I'm sure if he were on the same call, he'd say, yes, fair enough, that's exactly what happened. It all ended up okay in the end. But you learn from those experiences as well. And now you've, Romilly Wild then is your baby. It's your project, right? It's my baby, it's my project. It had a very similar origins, which was I was very quiet about it. I was, you know, it wasn't something sort of like, like you wake up one day and go, oh, guys, guess what? I'm going to have a beauty brand mm -hmm. over a bowl of porridge. Yeah, you yeah. This was kind of something that I had been researching for secretly. I had been secretly, you know, devoted reading research papers and everything and just kind of visualizing it, bringing, bringing it to life in my own, you know, internal way. And then it was just a very gradual process of literally building almost from a mood board out, and th but then being fundamentally built on a framework of fact, like the marketplace, the mm -hmm. category, the size of the opportunity, where is there a pull, where's the trend heading? Mm -hmm. And and I knew that the trend, in the same way, I knew that the trend in babe, in baby food was should be superfoods. So I was one of the first brands to incorporate superfoods into baby food, and this is back in 2004. Mm -hmm. And in a very similar vein of my sort of integrity when it comes to working with natural ingredients. The same came for, I knew the trajectory, that's quite a hard word to say, trajectory of mm -hmm. trend was, you know, organic and natural was very prevalent, you know, 10 years ago, organic stood for something. And then this sort of, this new emergence of clean beauty and that sort of, you know, okay, where does that fit? And so, you know, I sort of, I really saw it and felt it, you know, seven, eight years ago. And I just thought, okay, I know that's where I'm heading. So I just want to debunk you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the ambiguity around it. And, and yeah, it's happening. That's why suddenly the brand is being recognized and, and thank God, applauded for its vision. 
mm-hmm. because you know we are now sitting firmly in that right hand quartile of luxury clean and people are getting it now which mm-hmm. is just incredible so how old is the business now actually i started about seven years ago on sort of research and development so that was a mm-hmm. bit where i found my cosmetic chemist where i started developing it in in california and then i re- evolved it a little bit more because i found a really good cosmetic chemist who is sort of like the queen of clean she just is the the green formulator so the word green you probably remember even though you're both very young Green is something that kind of was the umbrella term for anything that was natural. Mm-hmm. So she was known as the green formulator. And I was very lucky. It's all about right place, right time. For sure. And she sure. finished doing some development work for Tata Harper. And I really respected what Tata Harper had done in the category of sort of non-toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted just to kind of do my own version of that. Um, and so my formulator, yeah, we just, we just started to create that together, which was which is great. I gave her the brief and my vision and she made it happen from a product perspective. Mm-hmm. It's all about meeting the right people, for yeah. sure. You know what everything is, and I, and I really feel that every step of the journey, and it really hit me yesterday, Friday night, we had, we had an incredible week. And people who have been sort of in the wings of the business for the last couple of months, for, it's just kind of like bees to honey a little bit. They've, I just wish I could just explain it, but I feel just so positive about it but this sort of energy about the right people coming in at the right time Mm -hmm. and these people are talented they are good human beings Mm -hmm. they are bothered they have got integrity at their core they've got work work ethic Mm -hmm. uh, and they can see what I'm doing and at the right time because as we said earlier you know it is not easy nor should it be easy because we all know why it shouldn't be easy because otherwise everyone will be doing it and Mm -hmm. not everyone should be doing it unique kind of like balls of steel but these beautiful people are being are are coming towards this brand and it's not me it's the the it's the whole feeling Mm -hmm. of of where we're at right now Mm -hmm. and the feeling that it has that we're sort of exuding this sort of beautiful it's very timely Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's very odd at this time when so many people are struggling that actually we're really not. And I, I kind of just feel a bit overblessed right now. I feel like I should like put some of my good blessings to someone else who needs it a little <laughs> bit more because I don't feel worthy of all the of all this sort of good juju that's going on right now. But it's it's good. I am sharing it. I promise you. Mm-hmm. But I love that. I think it's all about being an authentic brand anyway, and you're all about that. What does it mean for you to be a good leader and also in finding good talent? Like you said, finding the right people who believe in the product, believe in the brand, to drive it forward. How do you find these people and what does it mean to be a leader to you? To be a leader, it means that you have to be consistent when, the, when it's very rocky and stormy. And I think that you have to represent that positivity and realistic approach to everything that occurs. So in any given week, especially as a small business that's going, you know, really, really motoring, mm-hmm. you have to have your wits about you. But yeah, you have to be consistent. And I think that, and, and it often it often happens to me when, as I said, I like to be the first in and I like to sort of be, because it's that's part of my preparation for, okay, I'm actually potentially not feeling great that day. It could well be that, you know, I am really stressed about, you know, investment or I'm really stressed about, you know, production. But I know that every time people come into the office, I need to be this vision. I need mm-hmm. to be this person who is just compelling them to mm-hmm. to be a better person to, you know, I think it's something very wonderful that A, you don't ever doubt yourself as a leader. 
because I think if you do, if you're being authentic, and I know this word is used a lot, then it's really important to be to be honest within that. So yes, maintaining that level of, uh, of honesty and vision is really, really important, but also being a human being and just, you know, I think with a small business, there's, there's nowhere to hide. You know, I think it would be, I'm not a robot, you know, and I think it's really important for people on a human level to understand how very high pressure this, I, I have asked, I have put myself under this pressure, by the way, I'm the one who set the bar so high which is very hard for anybody who works with me because if I've set my bar really high, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, they're then feeling that they need to employ that same sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. But I'm, yeah. I think the other thing is that I know what I'm like and therefore I'm very generous when I do not expect everybody else to, to have that same level of, of drive because they're not all built the same way. We're all programmed mm-hmm. very differently. But I guess what really matters to me is that I'm just kind mm-hmm. because... You know, and you, you find yourself, you know, under pressure and you might end up being a bit sharp. And I know I can be all of these things. I just, I'm, I'm human and real enough to say, guys, I'm so sorry. I just act like the biggest baby. And, and I think, and it's okay because then they feel they can be themselves too. Mm-hmm. But That's I just true. think it's being authentic and being consistent and having that vision. And so when I am trying to share my vision and the feeling I have, then, you know, it's, it's very, very hard because they're not they're not all as embroiled in it but I have to say that everybody that works in the team they really get it this has gotten under their skin mm-hmm. you know and I know by how much they over deliver you know I don't have any of these millennial slackers who are kind of like oh it's it's 12 30 it's lunchtime I'm going away for an hour mm-hmm. now nobody does that that's great and it's oh it's five o'clock I'm clocking off yeah. now nobody does that they're all kind of so excited and, mm-hmm. and to sort of share that with other people is, is just is cool it's so cool that's amazing yeah to find people like that that those are the kind of people that drive the business forward and at the end of the day you can't do everything on your own you need I, this I team. celebrate them I love them like we have this group whatsapp chat and I did I went on my, I went on a long run yesterday and I just thought do you know what I was probably actually needed to stop because I was out of breath and I just, <laughs> I've got listening to the team because it's like seven o'clock on a Friday and I haven't thanked the team I was busy feeling so grateful and uplifted Mm. but I just thought I haven't thanked my team you know so I just sent this massive by the way thank you guys you've gone over and above this week and wow we're doing incredible things and just Mm. thank you that's so appreciated yeah really cute and then, so it's just that real, and I, I know it sounds cheesy, but I don't care, I'm going to say it, but it is like we're one big family. Yeah, it is like And that. so, yeah, it's gorgeous. And we all get the same sense of humour. It, it's really cool. I feel so blessed. And even though I miss them, and I know that we will all soon be back together again in the same office, and then we'll probably all get on each other's tips again in five minutes. But, you know, <laughs> consistently, we are all on the same page. Yeah. We get the vision, and we're sharing it, and we're excited. Yeah. And then maybe on kind of the same tangent, as a mother, how do you balance being an entrepreneur and then also, you know, raising your own kids? How do you make time for both? It's easy now because they're older. My youngest is 17, and my son works uh, with me in the business. He's my head of digital. Oh. Um, I, th- I think it's it's much easier now because they get it. I think they've been used to mummy being very distracted because, of course, when I had Plum, the baby food, they were, um, you know, my little one was 18 months old. Um, she was my inspiration for it. 
but my, my older two at that point, sort of eight and ten, they were away at boarding school. And it was really hard. And I think it's, it, is, it is tough because I think they probably will say mum was distracted a lot. Mum um, was always sending emails, always in a meeting, or always travelling. And I remember distinctly when my youngest was about eight. And I think it was when I just sold Plum. Uh, and, and it was just, I had this sort of beautiful, like, I gave myself like three months off. But even though I was, you know, researching Romilly Wilde, I kind of just thought, hmm, I'm going to have a little bit of time out now. Um, it wasn't for very long, though. It was literally mm-hmm. ended up being about six weeks. <laughs> and I remember um, saying to my daughter that uh, mum is going to be around a little bit now because we had like a nanny, like a housekeeper lady called Claire. And I said, Claire's not going to come in so much anymore. Mum is going to take you to school. And she, I remember she said, so does that mean you're going to be a real mummy now? Aww. And I just sort of, I remember sort of thinking, oh my God, that's how she sees it. So real mummies take their children to school, pick them up from school, yeah. are at home. Yeah. And that kind of made me feel mushy and adorable and great. But also, I guess because in her little village school, which is, you know, where we were, none of her friends' mums did anything like what I did. Mm -hmm. You know, there might have, of course, plenty of women who go to work, of course, I'm not an exception to the rule by any means, but they they still took their kids to school and picked them up again and they did what they needed to do between nine and five. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was kind of, you know left at seven and came back at bedtime, you know, that kind of thing. So the structure was just not there. So it was really cute her saying that. But I think, honestly, I am just really glad that they, because I didn't have that kind of um, encouragement as a child myself, that I didn't know that all these things were possible when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. That I think, honestly, to say now is that I think my children have grown up knowing that anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a wonderful them, lesson. Oh my God, if you set your mind to something and you're, you're a starter completer, yeah. you know, the, the one phrase I say to my kids and I say it all the time and I say it at work now, and that is if you're going to do something, like devote yourself to something, once you've decided what it is, do it well or kind of don't really bother. I totally you agree know, with that, 100%. Yeah, I totally agree with that. If you're going to put your heart in something, really indulge in it. Don't just like tick in and out of things because mm. then we'll just get frustrated so so I, I'd like to think that you know I no regrets right mm-hmm, for sure. you know I think my, my middle daughter might have more regrets because she was up in ballet school all the way up miles and miles away and, and boarding so yeah I yeah regrets are I just I, I guess I missed bits of them but you make up for it as in mm-hmm. we've got you know I'm super mushy I'm the most maternal mum that I could possibly be I could literally still to this day and they all say oh mom don't touch me i just <laughs> eat them whole you know, but, and um, no so I, the, I it's a delicious thing and as i said earlier in the interview is that being a mom made me mm-hmm. exactly i think it is a hard thing to balance and it's something i think about for my future i'm lucky that i grew up with my mom who raised us full time and i loved that i loved having her around all the time she's like my best friend so it's amazing to have that relationship but at the same time i know for myself too that you know the things i want to achieve are what will also make me happy and i think it's important to also of course be a great mom but then if you're happy and you're doing your passion and what you love that will translate into your family life too so you will you know grow up to raise your it's about being fulfilled 
Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's because about a fulfilled feeling, life. Feeling, feeling sated. Mm -hmm. Feeling that, that imagine at the end of the day, you just think, oh, if it's not there, it's just not there, and you feel frustrated, or you, you mm -hmm. don't feel that you've reached your potential. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just a shame. Exactly. But it can take a long time for people to sort of, you know, to find that, to weave mm -hmm. that path and actually land in a place where they just think, so that's it. It's yeah. not obvious. It can it's happen not. at any stage. I mean, for me, it didn't happen until I was in my mid-30s exactly yeah it depends on you know when the right moment comes for you that's when you know and that's when you have to take the opportunity and run but with I would it. say you know never doubt yourself mm -hmm. you know so, so it's not going to happen today or next week okay so that idea has fallen over because for some reason it's not relevant anymore that's okay yeah. it's okay it's, it's and you said at the beginning of the interview it's about accepting failure as part of the you know what is success and failure mm -hmm. is they're the same they're just different versions of the same thing yeah yeah I love that. I think to end on that note then, what are three characteristics which you feel make you great at what you do? It starts with a vision. Um, and I think having that real true sense of something, it's not obscure, it's, it's clear. It's like something beds in, your, in, your, in the heart of your belly. You really get the vision and that is something that gives you that sort of sense of, of confidence and you don't doubt it. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing would be tenacity. So whatever is thrown in your way, be tenacious, mm -hmm. uh, not arrogant. There's a, absolutely, there's a strong difference there. And I would say the third thing and the most important thing is patience, um, because I think it does take time. And I think you should learn patience. Like right now in lockdown, you know, one's having to be incredibly patient and just trust in their journey. And, and I think I've learned a lot about patience because I'm the most impatient person I know. <laughs> and, and so that it's going to be okay. And, and again, that's where the trust comes in, which is just, okay, so, because honestly, I know this, this is going to be, this is going to be published to all of your audience. So a lot of people will listen to this, but I'm telling, this is almost as if my, this is my little sort of sharing a tale between the three of us. And that is that, you know, we were at the process of raising a lot of investment when the lockdown happened. And we were just having a lot of big meetings with potential investors. And, and then obviously that all came to nothing because no one's investing in anybody right now. Mm -hmm. And I, it really made me think for the first couple of weeks, it was a new reality. And I just thought, oh, God, you, are, you know, am I going to survive? Is this going to be okay? And with a little bit of patience and trust, yeah. And actually... Mm -hmm. On reflection, I'm just thinking, God, if we had gone down that road with that investor, oh, I think maybe on reflection that wouldn't be right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it is having that time to sit back and reflect and just think, you know. So I think the patience part of everything, I think, is super, super cool. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, when you've got that fire in your belly, and I have fire in my belly without caffeine, you know, I do mm -hmm. not need <laughs> caffeine. Like, I have my automatic caffeine machine. That's and I think so it's called adrenaline. It's, you know, that's very hard when you're trying to uh, counter that with, with patience. Mm. Um, but it, it's, yeah, you learn that. And hey, I've been around for a lot longer than you two have. So I've, learned, I've had more time to practice patience. <laughs> I think I'm like you, I'm quite impatient, but I'm yeah. learning to be more because you don't achieve great things tomorrow the next day it takes a long time and a lot of practice and a lot of understanding your failures and like you said you might you know get something that doesn't turn your way but at the end of the day it might be better that it didn't because then something else great has come from it well that is the vision thing again it's the, it's the ability to see it 
for what it could have been and, and to visualize it for what it now can be. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, thank you so much though. This was so inspiring. I absolutely love talking about yeah you, your career, how you built it. You have a really great insight, I think, on like the whole world of like what it is to be a modern businesswoman who's doing it all, raising a family, starting a brand, and then you've got the science and the research behind you. So it was so insightful. Oh, I'm glad. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Where can everyone find you if they were to look for you on social media and your website? Okay, so our social media is, um, handle is Romilly Wild Skincare. My own one, which is kind of like I'm a muse to Romilly Wild, is uh, The Clean Muse. And then obviously our own website. But yeah, so it's kind of a Romilly Wild is this sort of, you know, vibrant personality with, you know, we talk, we talk to a lot of different people. And by the way, I'm doing during this lockdown and I'm continuing to because they're so successful I'm doing one-to-one -one consultations with people Amazing. for their skin concerns and they've ended up being so I can't tell you positive and beautiful because even though women and men bring up about you know what they're concerned about in their skin we end up talking about so many other things it's a very in-depth intimate wonderful experience because I understand so much more than skin I understand nutrition and wellness um, mm. and I have this whole kind of philosophy about um, you know being your best self you know so I ask a huge amount of lifestyle questions and so that's another opportunity I know you can yeah, you can book through our Instagram um, to, to come and have a consultation with me so that's proving to be hugely successful so yeah I'm around and about for sure I'm not going anywhere amazing thank you so much Susie and I hope we'll be in touch soon and get to meet in person once this lockdown is lifted I would love that I would love that both of you thanks so much for joining bye, bye.